Lecture topic: Preparing the heart for the akira. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi aladin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كن ورعا تكن أعبد الناس وكن قنعا تكن أشكر الناس أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وصفتوا علماء الكرام these gatherings are simply muzakara they means of just revising whatever we have heard over and over again what we have learned over a long period of time but this muzakara and this revision is something that we need all the time wadhkir fa inna dhikra tanfa'ul mu'minin allah tara says that remind verily the reminder is beneficial benefits the believers so this is the purpose the purpose is to remind myself for us to remind each other the reminder the reminder is of what is the reality of life what is our destination what is our goal very often in the hustle and bustle of the world certain very important aspects sometimes go to the back of the mind some aspects which should be always right at the front they go to the back of the mind and as a result person sometimes forgets what's the priority in life our destination is akhirat we are all headed towards akhirat and that is what is the highest and greatest priority to prepare for the akhirat if a person hasn't prepared for his akhirat then that will be the greatest disaster that will be the biggest loss our hazrat rahmatullah alayhi hazrat chaki mukhtar sahab rahmatullah alayhi used to sometimes give one example this is an example is not necessarily something that actually happened in history but these were parables these were parables for the lesson for the moral so there was one place where people were to the place of fools all kinds of fools were living in this place and these fools they would have a very ajeeb way of putting somebody as their king appointing somebody as a king they would suddenly decide now we need to appoint or get rid of the present king now because we had enough of him everybody will gather and go and throw him and dump him in one far off jungle and the next person walking the next morning anybody they see down walking down the road they will just grab hold of him you the king now so one day one person was walking down the road and they came and grabbed him because they wanted to appoint a new king so they grabbed this person and they took him along to the palace said you are our king he found this very strange that here in this place kingdom is so cheap you can just walk down the road and next thing you can be the king it doesn't sound right something is not in order here so in any case he first now settled in and then he called a few people quietly saw who's who and some people who were 
little bit more intelligent. Call them, ask them, what's going on here? What's all this? I had all the nobody. Suddenly they made me the king. He says, no, this is the system here. After two, three years, they will take you one day also. They'll mount you on one donkey and they'll blacken your face and then they'll go and dump you in this far off jungle. You won't even find your way back. So he heard all this. So he said, well, okay, now that he knows what's going on. So after some short time passed, he said, look, this is now the intelligent thing to do. While it is still my reign, while I'm still enjoying this kingdom, he, these few people he got as his advisors, he said, look, one day quietly you take me to this area, where's this jungle? I want to see where they go and dump these people. And then they eventually, looking for a way out, they finally perished there. So they took him one day quietly and they showed him this is the jungle. So he saw everything and now he very, very secretly started making preparations for his day when he's going to get dumped there. So he went and started getting something built, one very nice place for himself, one house. And then he had some uh, wells dug there. And then he got some animals already being grazed there and put some servants there to start. Now he had, he was a king now, so he had the resources. So while he had the resources, he made this place a place that he could now, the day when it comes, when he needs it, it will be a place that will be ready for him. Eventually that day came. That day came and they loaded him on the camel, on that donkey, and when they dumped him, he found his way to this place he had already set up for himself. So he set this up in advance. Now when the time came for him to be dumped here, he wasn't in a problem. He was now in a place where he could now enjoy what he had done in advance. Having explained this incident, it's a parable. It's just an example, a parable. So they say, look, this is dunya. And we are all heading to a place which is very, very desolate, the akhirat. But the person who, while this little kingdom of dunya, this kingdom of dunya is very deceptive. Makes the person sound like he's king. And makes it sound like this kingdom will remain forever. But the day comes when this dunya just dumped him. Just dumps him into that little space in the ground and then covers him up with sand. You stay here now. You can't come out from here. But if he's done something in advance for that time, but this is not a place where he can go and start building some house there with the stones and with the stones of gold and silver also of this world. He can't do anything for that time with these bricks of gold and silver of dunya. And neither will any animals and farms and anything else be able to come there. He will inhabit that place with his amal from now. What kind of amal he sends forth? Obviously his iman. And what kind of amal he sends forth? His salah, his fasting, his charity, his helping people, his being of some good to others. He's helping the deen of Allah wa ta'ala. All the good that he has the opportunity to do and he's sending forward this is building his palace of the akhirat. Now when the time comes when dunya this deception that this great deceiver in the Quran Sharif Allah ta'ala says that this, this worldly life is just but this worldly life is just goods of deception. Makes a person feel, don't worry, you are it. But suddenly the time comes, he says, no, you are nobody also. You also go in the same place. But if he has prepared for that, then, subhanallah, what can be said? 
what are the luxuries of dunya, and what are the comforts of dunya, and what's all the glitter and glamour of dunya, it is not even a speck of dust, less than a speck of dust, compared to the ni'mat of akhirat. For the person who has committed himself to pleasing Allah, is making an effort to, sac- to earn the pleasure of Allah, Ta'ala, is making an effort to build his akhirat. Then what does all this dunya can be compared in even, not even a speck of dust? Already the bedding of Jannat will be brought for him. Already the window of Jannat, what is the air conditioning of this dunya? And what can the cool breezes of dunya provide for him? And what can the scenery of dunya ever give him anything compared to the scene of Jannat that he'll get through the window of the cover? So all this is in store for the one who has done this in advance. But the person who said, well, I got the kingdom now, so enjoy it. But he didn't do anything in advance. He gets jumped in the jungle. He can't find his way out. He perishes. He's in disaster. So this is the message and the purpose of this entire effort that we have to prepare for Akhirat. The preparation for Akhirat cannot even be postponed till tomorrow because tomorrow might be too late. The preparation of Akhirat starts from the moment we, that Allah Ta'ala blesses with that realization that Akhirat is there. Yes, we know it's there. But despite knowing it's there, the ghaflat. The ghaflat that comes and settles on the heart. So, many are things a person is aware of. But the ghaflat, the heedlessness, the unmindfulness, that makes him forget about realities. Realities that he knows very well. But he becomes heedless. So this is the whole purpose of this continuous reminder that we are all in need of. And this is the reminder that we should be taking almost on a daily basis, on a regular basis, from the ulama kiram from the mashayikh, by reading the books of the pious people, by re- listening to the talks of the mashayikh, etc. In this way, this constant in joining the talim that takes place in our masjids, the talim in the home, all this is for the same purpose of this reminder of developing the heart that will then drive us towards doing that which pleases Allah wa ta'ala. The heart, the heart has all kinds of kefiyat in it, all kinds of feelings and all kinds of things that run through the heart. So now this is what this whole effort is all about, of how to bring under control the heart. That what is not supposed to be in there or what is supposed to be at a certain point only. So how to control it right there? It not, should not pass beyond that. If it passes beyond that, it becomes very, very dangerous. In the body, there are numerous different chemicals. And all those chemicals, if it doesn't remain there, if it's somehow depleted completely, that becomes a big problem. It leads to a person getting sick in so many ways. And if it is there but is gone beyond its level, that becomes a very big problem. If it runs down, that's to a problem. If it goes beyond its level, that too becomes a problem. Likewise, there are many things Allah Ta'ala has placed in insan for this existence of dunya. He requires it. He has a need to eat. That's his need. If he doesn't eat, that will be a problem. If he doesn't eat because there was no food available, then he's excused in that sense that if he didn't eat to the point his life went. But if the food was available and he 
refused to eat and his life went because of that severe weakness, he'll be guilty of suicide. He will be guilty of taking his own life, which is a very, very major, severe sin. So he has to eat. That need is there to eat. But now because the need is there to eat and the desire is also there to eat, so he doesn't stop at any limit. He just goes on eating and eating. Now he ends up almost dying out of overeating. As you see, half the world is dying out of starvation and the other half of the world is dying out of overeating. So now this person, the need was there, but he didn't, not controlled at the point. So where he finished off, he finished off in disaster also. When it wasn't fulfilled, he finished off in disaster, and it over went over the limit disaster as well. Likewise, Allah Ta'ala has placed shahawat. There are certain feelings, desires, that insan has. Allah Ta'ala has created insan with this. And this is the maslihat of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's hikmat in everything. So this is there for a need. What Allah Ta'ala's hikmat is in it. But Allah Ta'ala has placed a certain limit on all this. But look, this is the, the borders of this. If it goes past this, it will be disaster. So Allah Ta'ala placed the restrictions on all those things that will become a problem. Where that shahawat will now get incited to a point of where it was supposed to just be a means of some good to the person, now it will become the source of his destruction. Now it will become the reason for his downfall. The shahawat, whether it is in the line of the passions and lusts, so Allah Ta'ala placed all the restrictions on those things that will incite this beyond its limits. So Allah Ta'ala placed the restriction on his eye. Allah Ta'ala says to Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi to explain this that this is there's so much of lesson in this that Allah Ta'ala could have directly given the command Ya Ayyuhal Mu'minun O you who believe, lower your gazes Allah Ta'ala said to Nabiya Kareem You say it to them Allah Ta'ala's hikmat Allah alone knows where we're going to be able to fathom the depth of Allah Ta'ala's hikmah in anything. But the one hikmah that is apparent out of this is that this is such a lesson that Allah Ta'ala brought in this, this dimension to it that one is Allah Ta'ala is giving the command and then Allah is giving the command via Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So now this bandha of Allah Ta'ala on the one side, he says, this is the command of my Rabb. This is my Rabba. My Rabb has given this command. So now my Rabb is the being that has favored me with everything. He has blessed me with life, blessed me with my existence, blessed me with every na'mat and bounty that I enjoy. Every breath I take is purely His grace. Everything is purely His gift. So now I have to be obedient to Him. What a terrible ingratitude that I disobey this great beneficent trump of mine. But then it doesn't finish off there. But then Allah Ta'ala sent this message via Rasulullah That Allah Ta'ala sent this and my Nabi is now presenting this. That look this is the message of your Rabb. That look Allah Ta'ala is saying this. Now this adds to it. That Allah Ta'ala's command and via my beloved Nabi Kareem Wasallam who sacrificed so much so that I could be blessed with Iman, who sacrificed so much 
that I too could gain salvation in dunya and akhirat. So now that little sharam, that little shame, if it's there in the heart, then that will melt it. That what Allah Ta'ala command, and then via Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that this came via Nabi Kareem Sallallahu also, Allah Ta'ala is now passing it via him. Whereas everything is from Allah Ta'ala alone. So now this is that way in which Allah Ta'ala presents this very important aspect to us. That look, the shahawat are part of life. But this is a control that is very, very necessary. Say to the believing men to lower their gazes and to protect their chastity, protect their private parts. Because the misuse of the eye will lead to the destruction in terms of the misuse of other organs. So Allah Ta'ala placed this restriction up front. Allah Ta'ala made it so easy. There's other limbs of the body require so many muscles to be in place and functioning correctly to be able to move it. Some little thing happens and that now is difficult to move the hand, sometimes difficult to walk, sometimes person can't turn left and right because there's some spasm. Very, very, in fact, hardly ever we've heard there's been a spasm in the eyelids of a person and as a result he can't close his eyes. Maybe some very rare situation but every now and again we hear of somebody, something in the hand, he can't move it, can't move his leg, can't turn left or right. Very commonly we hear that. But Allah Ta'ala made it so easy to keep the eye closed. But Allah Ta'ala Qudrat, that the eyelids don't have those kinds of muscles that go into spasm. That in fact without a person realizing it, it'll close. The slightest bit of dust that's flying, it'll close. And just a little bit of different light. He was in darkness and now suddenly he walked into light. His eyes start closing. So now the point is, Allah Ta'ala made this, gave this command. Allah Ta'ala made it so easy. That this is not going to be something you're going to have to go find something to bring it along and keep your gaze low. Allah Ta'ala said, I made it so easy for you. Why? Because that gaze has a direct, it's the super highway to the heart. Now what's going to be impacting on the eye is going to be imprinted on the, ear, on the heart. And if Ghairullah is going to be absorbed through the eye, then the heart is going to become filled with Ghairullah. And when the heart becomes filled with Ghairullah, then all the limbs are going to go against Allah Ta'ala's commands. Because the heart is king. So now to protect the heart, the protection of the eye. Because the heart is after all it. If the heart is now going to get corrupted, then everything else is in a big problem. So the start and the first step is the protection of the gaze. Now the building of this abode of Akhirat, preparing of that Akhirat, there's so many things involved in it obviously. All the basics of Deen, the fundamentals of Deen, all this is part of it. But at the same time to safeguard whatever he has done in terms of Amal, Salah a person performs, his Zakat, his charity, his Hajj, his tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, his nawafil, and his hajj and umrah, and so many, mashallah, good deeds. But just as it is very important to continue those amal and increase it, in fact, it is more important to also look after it. And looking after it is that the, the sins are refrained from. Otherwise, that will overcome the effect of all this person, mashallah, is eating a great amount of good, nourishing food, 
and then he's taking some supplements on top of it, and some tonics and whatnot, all these things is... But at the same time, he decides to also have a little bit of poison at the time. All this good nourishing food and expensive items that he's buying and supplements to now strengthen his body and whatever else and he's exercising also. But then he decides he'll have some little bit of poison at the time as well. The effect of that poison will overcome the effect of all this. The little bit of poison will, effect, will overcome the effect of all this. So likewise, sins, this is poison. And therefore Allah Ta'ala has placed all these limits for us. They don't get into this poisonous area. It's very dangerous. It will destroy everything. So Allah Ta'ala placed the limits. So place the limits on these shahawat as well. There was one very, uh, one woman named by Hind Bintul Khus Al Khasasiya. In the early centuries, a woman of very high repute and coming from very noble lineage very wealthy family and she was a poetess, very intelligent and a lot of accolades. Person, so to say, looked up as a very, very senior, great person in the community, whatever. But in any case, that was a time when still people had slaves and so on. And now the slaves used to be in the homes, in the vicinity of the places people are living in, it happened that something that came out in the public, what happened? It was this woman of all high repute and so highly respected in the community and a poetess and this and that and the other. And now person of high society, person of high society and what happened to her now? She got involved with a slave. She went and destroyed her izzat with a slave. Now one is, this two is another issue, where the actual sin, that's the real disaster. But, sometimes, it is the non-issue really, which becomes the real problem for people. Like for example, this, this particular incident, so now people started, the bigger disgust for them was, that you got involved with a slave. Whereas the disgust was for the sin. Allah Ta'ala's command. What does it matter with who? Allah Ta'ala's command was broken. And such a disgusting sin was committed. But in society sometimes, lopsided, everything is now distorted. That, that had it been in some different context, it might not have been really bothered about. But now, you see this woman of high society and she fell for a street sweeper. So now that became the problem. Whereas the real disgust is for the sin. What Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. So sometimes, this is just one example, we can now apply to so many things that happen in day-to-day life. Where people become disgusted or become annoyed or become upset at something which is not really an issue. But what is an issue, that is not the problem for them. It's like... One person, very, very, it's not a suitable example at all, but really just to highlight the message. So it's actually a, not a good example. One person committed zina. Committed zina, and now after a while, the thing became public. Now the person who committed zina, suddenly she now realized that she's expecting a child. Now the whole thing. 
became public. So now some very great well-wisher of his came. Now he's telling him that, you know, couldn't you have used some contraception? But that's the nasihat he came to give him. Couldn't you have stayed away from haram that he didn't tell him? Couldn't you have stayed far away from the means that could have led to this that he didn't tell him? What he came to tell him? Why didn't you use contraception? That all this was not really a problem. This was the thing you became a problem with. Now that is the same situation that we fall into in so many different ways in day-to-day life. That where people start, sometimes something happens and we start maybe reprimanding somebody for something that is not really the issue in terms of the court of Allah Ta'ala. But in insan's court that becomes the issue. So in any case, this woman now, she fell for the slave and she ruined her izzat with the slave. But that became the talking point. So in any case, somebody asked her, but after all, how this happened? Meaning they were, they were curious about this, this part they were curious about, how this happened. How this happened, meaning if it was somebody of your so- social level, we could have probably worked it out maybe, what happened now? But how this happened? So she replied now she was a poetess and as a result she summed it up in a very poetic way but in two lines. In Arabic what she said but the meaning of it was that lengthy conversations and close proximity. Maybe the sequence was the other way around. Close proximity and lengthy conversations. Now because there was easy access, he was in and out of the house, whatever the case is. So now, first was just to ask, how's everything, how's the weather? And then in asking about how's the weather, from where to where? And now that lengthy conversations and the close proximity, these are lessons. Allah Ta'ala has placed these limits to protect us from these disasters that take place. Now whether in the workplace, whether in other aspects where people now have to get some work done and they are now interacting with non-mahrams, whatever the case is. So these are very, very slippery situations. They say when the mud is thick, even elephants can slip. Elephant is such a huge animal, sturdy, very, very firm and seems like nothing will shake this elephant. Nothing will, nothing can cause it to fall. You see, when the mud is thick, even elephants can fall. So the point in the lesson, Allah Ta'ala has placed these limits for our protection. And when we trespass these limits, then we draw down the difficulties. So this is the, now this preparation for akhirat. The preparation for akhirat is to build his heart. Allah Ta'ala has put all these various things in the heart. But Allah Ta'ala has provided us the means of how to control, and that's the test of dunya after all. So this is the test, that now a person has this, the malaika, they don't have the ability of sinning. It's not possible. لا يعصون الله ما أمرهم ويفعلون ما يؤمرون They don't have the ability to sin. And insan, insan has the ability. But he makes a mujahada and he suppresses that urge to sin and he does not fall into the haram. This is what takes him beyond the malaika. This is what takes him to a point beyond the malaika. And he is the one who Allah Ta'ala boasts about in the presence of the malaika. This is the one you are objecting against. 
You objecting against him? But now look at my servant. Look at my servant who has all the ability to do all these haram things and then the whole environment is now inviting him towards all the evil and there's so much of temptation and there's so much of pressure from society. People are inviting him and then that time of the year that is unfortunately now the kind of time that people make it. The time is time. Allah Ta'ala created time. But what we make of it and how we make it a time of fitna and people make it a time of fitna then you get a person coming and saying but you know what they bought me one ticket and told me there's a ticket for you for free so come along so I went along now after finishing off the whole ticket for free I realized it was a ticket to hell because now what I got myself involved in and now my marriage broke my dunya is falling apart my deen fell apart but now, now only I'm realizing that that free ticket wasn't free it was a ticket to hell so, Shaitan also will buy tickets for free and distribute tickets for free because he's got his own agenda. So, he will dish out tickets for free and take people to Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala protect us from this. So, the biggest thing is the heart, the protection of the heart and protecting the heart from all these influences of nafs and Shaitan. Nafs, nafs is that very nature of the nafs initially. Inna nafs ala ammaratum bisu. Allah Ta'ala says the very nature of this nafs that it excessively incites towards evil. That's an ongoing story about the nafs. Incess- excessively incites towards evil. But each time that this nafs is suppressed, this is what taqwa all about. That when there's that haram urge and desire to commit some sin, and a person suppresses that. Suppresses it for who? Not because he's afraid of insan. For Allah alone. My Rabbi is watching. Allah knows. جو کرتا ہے تو چھپ کے اہلِ جہاں سے دیکھتا ہے تجھے کوئی آسمہ سے what you are doing hiding from the مخلوق but خالق is watching Allah is aware so I can hide from people I can cover my tracks in terms of insan I can put passwords in place I can have all kinds of things in place but I can't have anything in place to hide myself from Allah Ta'ala. so therefore this is the most important aspect so now develop this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. And this is the, this entire effort of Tazkiyah to develop this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, build this taluk with Allah Ta'ala. This is what the whole effort is all about. The heart must become muzakka, Tazkiyah, purification. Heart become muzakka, meaning it's now adorned, cleansed out of all the evil qualities, all the sins, the vices. All the things that filthy the heart, dirty it, cleansing the heart out of all these things, adorning it with all the beautiful qualities, taqwa, khashiyat, inabat ilallah, ruju ilallah, and taqwa, tawakkul, and trust in Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, with tawbah, with tawazu and humility, with forgiveness and compassion, with kindness, with all the beautiful qualities, and removing all the evil qualities, pride, arrogance, malice, jealousy, the love of dunya, the love of the ego, all the things that take us downwards, away from Allah wa ta'ala, these things to be cleansed out of the heart, this is what this effort is all about. This is a preparation for the akhirat. This is what we have been told in the Quran Sharif, Allah wa ta'ala, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullah, wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat lighad. That very incident that we started off with, that preparation for the tomorrow, 
That day is coming suddenly. Nobody has any idea when it will come. But it's coming. It might come before tomorrow. It might come after tomorrow. Allah knows best. We have no idea. But the preparation therefore has to be made. So this is that preparation. And it's not Allah Ta'ala's kindness and Allah's mercy is such that everything is not credit only. Now the person will make some mujahada. He will sacrifice for Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. And he will be suppressing the evil desires. He will be making that mujahada against his nafs. So now everything is credit now. What is in credit is beyond imagination. But Allah's grace is such that in dunya already, the barakat and the blessings of that come in ways that can't be fathomed. It is the test of dunya, had it been, been able to be directly linked, that this is a result of that, then the test of dunya will be over. But this is the test of dunya. Allah Ta'ala sends it down and the barakat and blessings, we only understand one thing. And how much we can count it in our hands. That's only barakat. But there's some barakat that comes in the heart. The sukoon, the itminam that comes in the heart. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala makes it so dramatic for some people. So that it becomes a lesson for others. That look, everybody is not going to have it in such a dramatic way. Otherwise in dunya won't be dunya anymore. But it's from Allah Ta'ala. There was one person, Bunnan Hammal, Rahimahullah, very pious person. In that time, the king was Ibn Tulun in Egypt. And this person was very outspoken in a way. So one day he gave the king some nasihat in a very, very direct manner. Told it to him very, very straight. Now these people, people who are filled with pride and haughtiness and arrogance, then the last thing that can be digested is somebody correcting them. Because that's a very tough one. That's pride all about Batarul Haq wa Ghamtul Nas that Nabi Kareem Sallallahu gave the elements of pride that rejecting the truth truth doesn't only mean that now Iman and Kufr so we rejected somebody rejected Iman and that's pride obviously that's pride but at any level when something is correct and somebody now presented what is correct but now who are you to tell me now that comes from pride so now, this person couldn't take it because he was puffed with pride. So he couldn't handle this. So now he couldn't handle it. So now he said, no, no, this person needs to be taught a lesson. He must be punished. So he called his courtiers. He said, now what punishment must give him? So somebody said something and somebody said something. He said, no, none of these things. Because this person must be punished in a way that everybody will take a lesson. And it mustn't be just something now. He just beheaded him. That's too easy. So now what? So he decided what? He says, first keep on lying, just keep it hungry, just encage it somewhere and keep it hungry, don't feed it for a good amount of days. And then put this fellow in the middle of an arena, have the whole public all invited. And then in the midst of this whole arena while he's there, then set the lion free. And then the fun will start, so to say. So that's what was done. This whole thing was set up and he was brought into this arena and left in the middle and now this whole crowd is all standing and waiting. Some people are with just holding their breath because not sure what's going to happen but out of fear for what's going to happen because they respect the man and others probably waiting to see some fun because they lost themselves. So in any case, finally that lion was released from that cage 
Now it obviously can see this human being in the middle of this place. So it comes bounding first. With roaring at the top of its roar and it's coming. And then after bounding in this manner for a distance, and then suddenly it starts walking calmly. And then comes right close to him. And then the whole crowd to their amazement, this is recorded in the books of history, that to their amazement they can see this lion is walking around him like how a cat just walks around its owner. And this person, but the more amazing thing was, that in all this time this person is completely calm, there's not even any bit of any anxiety on him, he's undeterred by what's going on, there's a hungry lion circling him. But now the king was also present observing all this, he realized this is not a person to play with. This is Allah's special banda. I am looking for trouble if I am going to give him any taklif. And this is something very, very delicate. And we sometimes will have no idea who has what taluk with Allah. Ta'ala. And that might be the time when we will sometimes, when it becomes habitual, to give this person taklif today, and give that person taklif tomorrow, and say something to this person, and say something to that person. Allah forbid someday we trip up so badly and say something to a wali of Allah Ta'ala. And somebody who we will least realize that what maqam he has with Allah Ta'ala. Who has what maqam with Allah Ta'ala, we don't have any idea. Sometimes somebody, everybody doesn't even give him a second look. But what maqam he has, nobody will be able to guess. Inna min ibadillah, man law aqsama ala Allahi la abarrahu. Nabi Kareem Salaam says there are some, some servants of Allah Ta'ala, they have such a relationship with Allah Ta'ala. Such a taluk with Allah Ta'ala. If they take a qasam and say, Wallah, this will happen. Nobody can say, Wallah, it will happen. That's the future. What does anybody know about the future? How can he take a qasam of the future that it will happen? But if he says, Wallah, this will happen, because of the relationship they enjoy with Allah Ta'ala, Allah will make it happen. Why? Because this friend of mine said it will happen. He can't make it happen. But my friend said it will happen, Allah Ta'ala will make it happen. Now that's the relationship some people enjoy. There's one incident in the Hadith Sharif in fact. That one, something happened and now somebody wanted retaliation. So now in retaliation, now the tooth had to be broken. So somebody came and he said, that, that lady came and said, Wallahi this won't happen. Nabi Kareem Sassam said, but this is Allah Ta'ala's law, a tooth for a tooth, it has to happen. He said, well, lie, it won't happen. Then suddenly something happened and the people who were now entitled to take the retaliation, they said, okay, don't worry, we forgive it. So now first it was already said, well, lie, it won't happen. Allah Ta'ala changed the hearts on that side, said, okay, forgive it. On that occasion, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu said, Allah has such servants, they take a qasam in the name of Allah Ta'ala, Allah makes it happen like that. Now that's sometimes the person we trip up with. And sometimes it can be, Allah knows best who's who and what's what. In some moment, somebody, what toba he made and what kind of sincere tears he shed in front of Allah Ta'ala. Now somebody just harmed him in some way, somebody hurt him in some way. Allah forbid what can become the end result of that. That in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Kareem says, Allah Ta'ala says, Man li waliyan faqad azantuhu bil The one who harms my friend, then I am announcing, Allah Ta'ala is saying, I am announcing war against him. Allah Ta'ala announces war against somebody, Allah declares war against somebody, what chance he has. So in any case now, this, this king realized, oh no, this is not somebody to play around with, 
So he gave the order, okay, just restrain the lion now and uh, release him. But now before he got released, he was brought to the king. The king said, look, sorry, whatever happened, happened now, we, we apologize for it because he realized, now I'd rather just be on the safe side of this person. He said, but okay, before you go, one question. Before you go, one question. The question is that when this hungry lion was circling you, you were sitting so composed and in some deep thought. It was like most ajeeb thing. One was that this very strange thing, this lion is just walking around not doing you anything. But more strange than that was you were sitting so composed and in deep thought. What you were thinking about? So he said what I was thinking about was at that time, now this lion is so close to me. So like a cat now, if the cat comes close now, it might end up licking the person too. Some animal now, it'll end up, because it's so tame now, it'll end up licking the person's clothes, maybe his body. So now this lion was circling so close, and so I'm thinking now, if it licks me, is the saliva of this animal past, or makro, or najis? So my mind was now involved in this masala now. I was now wondering now, okay, I, you know, this is not a run-of-the-day masala, that, you know, I mean, every other day you're coming across it, so now it's fresh in the mind. Would have read it probably at some point in time. But now I'm trying to now recall what is the masala. Supposing this touches me, licks me, I might have to wash it or it's now just, what about the position? Subhanallah. Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. Those whose heart itself becomes zikr. The heart is soaked and absorbed in the remembrance of Allah wa ta'ala. Then the halat come, as I said earlier, it's not going to happen so dramatically for everybody. The fitrat of insan generally will remain. Insan's fitrat and nature, if a dog comes running at him, he is going to run the opposite direction. Can be the great value of the time to, he'll run. That's the nature of insan. Some mosquito is going to bite him, he's going to feel the pain too. That's insan's tabiyat. Allah Ta'ala makes it something mafokal fitrat. Over and above normal nature for some special person. But otherwise the general nature will remain in terms of the physical self. But the heart is where the whole difference is. That that heart will still be composed and will be with Allah Ta'ala. O dunya ke majhgalo mein bhi ba khuda rahe, sab ke saath reh ke bhi sab se juda rahe. That in the midst of all the hustle and bustle of dunya and with people and whatever else, but their hearts are with Allah Ta'ala. They are appearing to be with everybody, but their hearts with Allah Ta'ala. Now that is what the whole purpose is, to develop that connection with Allah Ta'ala. To develop that contact with Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, that develop, that heart which has been developed in that manner, and that heart drives a person towards all the things that will help him prepare for the Akhirat. And that heart will now save him from those things that are going to destroy the Akhirat. The whole priority is preparing for Akhirat. More important than preparing for our dunya is to prepare for Akhirat. Because how long we are going to be in dunya, we don't know. It might be before we know we're gone. But Akhirat is a certainty. And Akhirat is infinite. Akhirat is endless. So we'll do what we have to do for our dunya. What effort we have to do, we have to earn a halal earning, we'll have to earn our rizq. That too is Allah Ta'ala's grace. That we earn the rizq in the way that Allah is pleased with. Allah makes that an, a preparation for the Akhirat. Alhamdulillah used to give one example, which is to quote from Hazrat Shah, Abdul Ghani Pulpuri, that one is a person he is holding a tasbih and he is walking and he is saying Subhanallah, 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 Subhanallah. He is taking Allah Ta'ala's name and he is glorifying Allah Ta'ala. But why? So that now he is 
I'm passing these people, they must now take notes. Who am I? And they must become impressed with me. After all, maybe tomorrow you know, I would have to propose in this house now, they must know who, who passed by. Or whatever other purpose and other ulterior motive. So now he's saying subhanallah, but on every subhanallah he's getting guna. Because he's doing this for ghayrullah. He's doing this in order to earn dunya rather than getting the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And on the other side, one person is for the sake of earning halal risk. That this too is the, is the obligation from my Rabb. That after fulfilling the obligations of deen, then to earn a halal living is also an obligation. Without compromising any other obligations. So now in order to fulfill this obligation, uh, he is busy selling something. For example, now he's selling some fruit. So now he's selling apples. So now he's shouting, two apples for one rand, two apples for one rand. On every two apples for one rand, for the purpose of halal risk, he's, he's getting the reward of subhanallah. He's shouting two apples for one rand and getting the reward of subhanallah. But provided what he's doing now is correct, he's doing it with the right intention, he's fulfilling Allah Ta'ala's command, that's how easy Allah Ta'ala made it to prepare for the akhirat. That even our needs of dunya can become a means of preparation for the akhirat, provided it's done in the way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with, and in the correct manner, in the correct intention. So this is what we have to ponder over, reflect over, this is what we have to prepare for, that this dunya is a very, very temporary place, akhirat is where we are heading all towards, we have to prepare for that akhirat, this is the opportunity we have. This is the time now we have to now turn to Allah wa ta'ala and the biggest thing and most important thing, more important than all the nawafil, more important than all the mustahabbat, which is not in any way to be regarded as small, very great, but more important than all that is giving of sin. More important than all the mustahabbat and the nawafil, etc. is giving of sin. If a person fulfills the faraiz, fulfills the wajibat, and together with that, alongside, he completed his sunnat and In no way should this be misunderstood that he, that it is fine not to do anything else. But if perchance he did nothing else, he fulfilled the faraiz, wajibat, and fulfilled the sunnat and and did nothing else, but didn't commit guna, he is also passed. He has passed. And he's also muttaqi. And he's also a friend of Allah Ta'ala. Unfortunately, he had the opportunity of gaining a very, very high level. He sufficed with something very low. But the person, mashallah, is making a lot of nawafil, a lot of amal, excellent. But at the same time, he's eating poison also. He's indulging in guna, sins of the eyes, sins of the ears, sins of the tongue, sins of the heart, going to places that are not correct, whatever else then this person is not the friend of Allah Ta'ala, despite all the amal, Allah Ta'ala says, in awliya'uhu illa al-buttaqoon. The friends of Allah Ta'ala are only those who are with taqwa, and taqwa is refraining from Allah Ta'ala's disobedience. Allah Ta'ala make us all among the muttaqeen, Allah Ta'ala make us among those, that when our moment comes, then we also hear that declaration, Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna, irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan mardiyya, fadkhuli fi ibadi wadkhuli jannati, Allah Ta'ala keep us all on steadfast on Iman and Islam. And till our last breath, Allah Ta'ala keep us with istiqamat on it and take us on perfect Iman. Wa'akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.
اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلبنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأبتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم Allah make us your true and obedient servants ya Allah Allah give us the realization of what is the reality of dunya ya Allah Allah enable us to prepare for the akhirat ya Allah Allah make us among those who are your friends ya Allah make us among the muttaqeen ya Allah make us among the muhsineen ya Allah make us among the taibeen ya Allah make us among the mukhbitin ya Allah ilaul alamin ya Allah make us among those whom you have declared la khawfun alayhim wala hum yahzanun ilaul alamin ya Allah Allah you make us among your awliyaus siddiqin ya Allah ilaul alamin ya Allah you guide us to your pleasure ya Allah save us from everything that displeases you ya Allah ya Allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah fill our hearts with the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam with the love of his mubarak sunnah ya Allah Allah enable us to live his mubarak sunnah ya Allah Allah save us from the ways of the yahud and nasara ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah all those are sick give them shifa kamila ajila mustamira daima Allah remove every trace of their ailments ya Allah ilahul alamin those are any kind of difficulties and hardships remove it with afiyat ya Allah those are difficulties of Allah financial difficulties Allah you remove it with afiyat ya Allah grant barakah in each one's risk ya Allah grant abundant halal and tayyib risk filled with barakah ya Allah save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things ya Allah Allah save us from all that which displeases you ya Allah Allah bless us with the beautiful akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam bless us with his beautiful muamalat and muasharat ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah fill our hearts with the strength of iman ya Allah fill it with taqwa ya Allah fill it with tawakkul ya Allah with inabat and rujoo ya Allah with khashiyat ya Allah with tawazu ya Allah Allah grant us the reality of tawazu ya Allah bless us with the reality of tawazu ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah Allah all those who have raised their hands with this dua Allah you are the know of each one's needs ya Allah Allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya Allah Allah all those who asked us to make dua for them as well ya Allah fulfill each one's jayiz needs ya Allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya Allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya Allah grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat ya Allah grant afiyat in deen ya Allah grant afiyat in deen ya Allah grant afiyat in dunya ya Allah Allah save us from trials and tests ya Allah Allah we are not capable of trials and tests ya Allah we are too weak ya Allah Allah without trials and tests ya Allah with afiyat ya Allah Allah keep us with afiyat in dunya ya Allah and with afiyat in deen ya Allah take us to jannatul firdaus with afiyat ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah ya Allah all the good that ya Allah nabiy kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam begged for Allah we also begging for all that good ya Allah whatever nabiy kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam sought refuge from Allah protect us as well ya Allah Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyid 
سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله